Hi, I'm Nisha Singh, and you're listening to What Makes Us Stronger, a series of stories about people's resilience at times of crisis. In countries where personal freedoms are severely restricted, standing up for women's rights can be risky. But what happens when women dare to challenge a system that oppresses them? My colleague Nidhi Dagur recently went to Afghanistan to find out. Thanks so much for being here, Nidhi. Thanks for having me, Nisha. Okay, so can you bring us and everyone up to speed with what's happened in Afghanistan over the last two years and why you wanted to make this trip? Yeah, so soon after the Taliban took control, they began to impose restrictions on women. And they'd often say, this is just temporary, but... As time went on, more and more decrees were issued. And now here we are two years later and girls, they can't go to school after sixth grade or study at university. Women can't go to gyms or parks or even restaurants and they can't work in most jobs. They can't even leave their homes without a maharam, a male relative who is basically their chaperone. And at the time when I was there, beauty salons were shut. I mean, it's such a long list. It it feels suffocating just listening to it. But I think it's still hard to imagine what it actually feels like on a daily basis, especially for you and me sitting here in Washington, D.C. Exactly. So I wanted to find out how Afghan women, in the midst of all of these restrictions being imposed on them, how are they dealing and coping with it in their daily lives? Okay, so you travel to Kabul, and I wonder if you can paint a picture of your first impressions of Afghanistan. Well, right off the bat, one of the very first things I noticed, this was literally on my drive from the airport, was the traffic. It's chaos everywhere. Cars are honking, and it's 105 degrees. Nobody's following the rules, and it felt and sounded a lot like my hometown, Ahmedabad in India, where I grew up. But there were two big differences. One, you could hardly see any women on the streets. And I saw quite a few jeeps with the Taliban. They were patrolling and they had their machine guns slung over their shoulders, which was quite intimidating. So Ahmedabad is my mom's hometown too, so I can really picture the traffic and the heat, but I cannot picture no women on the streets and, of course, the patrolling and machine guns being part of daily life. I mean, what was that like for you to experience it? Well, I'll be honest, I was pretty nervous. And when I was there, I had to wear a hijab, which is a head covering. And I also wore an abaya. It's like an outer head-to-toe covering. And so it felt even hotter. Everywhere I went, I was accompanied by a male colleague. So, you know, he was our chaperone and that felt strange. So right away, I began to understand like a little bit of what the daily tension and discomfort that these women face on a daily basis. And so I wondered, you know, whether they would even be willing to talk to me. I thought that, okay, I'm going to be probably meeting a lot of very frightened woman, really, because I started to feel that way a little bit. And did you? Was that the case? Well, that's what surprised me, Nisha. It wasn't what I expected at all. One of the first women I met, uh, her name's Parween, 
and she's just 18 years old. And like a lot of girls her age, she'd been at school when the Taliban took over two years ago. She was in eighth grade at the time. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. After they banned girls from going to school, Parveen pretty much thought her education was finished. Her family didn't have access to the internet, so for months she was just stuck at home. She was isolated from her friends and she felt quite depressed. But Parveen told me that one day, a few months ago, she met a friend at the bazaar who told her about this underground school and encouraged her to join. So Parween went to the address she was given. It was someone's house in the city. And she discovered a group of girls like her studying. At first, they told her the class was already full. But she wouldn't take no for an answer, and she pestered them until they finally relented and she was allowed to sign up. So now it's been a few months since she joined that school, and every morning she's studying math and Dari, which is her local language, and physics and chemistry, and she simply loves it. She told me she doesn't feel so isolated anymore and she's getting really good grades in her subjects. Just hearing the persistence of a woman who knows to pester until she gets what she wants, uh, it sounds like Parveen is incredibly determined to continue her education even though this is an underground school with its own risks and one of the many that we've heard about in Afghanistan. But but it is a risk, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so I asked her about that. And I asked her, you know, what her parents thought about her learning in secret and what gives her the strength to do it, even though she risks prison or even violence if she's found out. Harween told me that she dares to do it because, you know, learning is her one great love. She feels like that is her ticket out. It's a way for her to become self-sufficient, to be able to get an education. And it also helps her get through these dark times because she's meeting with other girls her age, especially at a time when there is, quite frankly, no other avenue for these social connections. And she told me that her mom is her strongest supporter. Wow. I mean, Parveen sounds incredibly brave. It's so great to know and to hear that she has someone in her corner, like her mom, who's encouraging her. That's amazing. Right. And what I started to discover was that the more time I spent in Kabul and the more women I met, that Parween, she isn't the only one in daring to defy the restrictions imposed on her life, despite the dangers involved. Okay, so I understand that women are now banned from parks and gyms and restaurants, practically all of public life. So what is it that you were able to do while you were in Kabul? Were you able to go shopping, for example? Yes, I was. I mean, I wanted to see what a regular day was, even outside of, you know, these restrictions. And that's how I met Malika. She sort of acted as my unofficial guide to a lot of the places. 
and she took me to this place, a small shopping area, and as ever, we were accompanied by our male chaperone. What was it like? Well, that place, it was eye-opening. I mean, I saw there young women, they were wearing jeans. You could see the jeans peeking underneath their abayas. I saw women laughing and eating ice cream, which means they had to uncover their faces. And, you know, there were women in a cafe. They were eating kind of like a food court area and they were by themselves. You know, these sound like small things, but they are all acts of defiance given the current situation for Afghan women. Right, because women are supposed to cover their faces, so they're not officially allowed to go to restaurants because they can't eat since it would involve uncovering their faces. So these small acts are women explicitly defying the rules imposed by the Taliban. Exactly. And so I asked Malika about this. I asked her if, you know, she had dared to do anything like that. I go to restaurants, but right now they don't stop me. I go normally to the restaurant with my friends. Uh, my friends are also girls. We talk to each other. We go shopping without covering our face. And Malika told me that as much as possible, she tries to resist the new restrictions. I just ignore the uh, Taliban, the Emirates, the rules and uh, regulations. I would like to continue my life as normal. I asked her what would happen if she were stopped by the Taliban. And she told me that there was one particular time when she was, in fact, stopped by them. She says that she has always worn a hijab, which is the head-to-toe covering. But at that time, one particular instance, when she was walking with her husband, she didn't have her face covered. One time in July 2022, uh, the member of uh, Virtue Ministry stopped me and they asked me about hijab. But I wear a hijab. I always wear hijab. In my clothing, there's nothing changed before the Taliban or after the Taliban. I always wear a hijab. Uh, they asked me about my hijab. I said, this is hijab. He said, no. Uh, why you don't cover your face? I said, which part of uh, Quran Allah said that you should cover your face? Okay, so Malika's saying that she actually did challenge a member of the Taliban when he stopped her on the street, and she said that there's nowhere in the Quran that actually decrees that a woman should cover their face. Yes, she looked him straight in the eye, and she asked him to show her where it said in the Quran that women ought to be covered like that. And she kept looking at him until he threatened her. He said that, or why you're looking me very furiously or directly, if you are a man or a boy, I definitely kill you and will teach you a lesson. Wow. What happened after that? Well, she just kept looking at him and was straight in the eye, she told me. And then finally, he just told her to go. Still, I continued looking on her eyes and just he said, go. That is so brave of you, Malika. Were you not scared at that time when he said if you were a man, he would have killed you? No, because my clothes was totally Islamic and I can define by the verse of Quran that uh, I do uh, nothing wrong. Malika told me she is determined to keep daring to challenge the authorities in this way. She believes Afghan women are brave and she believes it's up to Afghan women to lead a movement for change in Afghanistan. When the previous government collapsed, 
most of my colleagues and my friends uh, left, they flee Afghanistan. But just I stay because I think that if all the women activists, all women leave the country, who will inspire the most of women? Who will rebuild the country? Who will define from women right? I think that's absolutely right. Afghan women are leaders and they should be the one leading the movement for change for Afghanistan. And that's such an inspiring story, Nidhi. Now, I know that part of the reason for your trip was to visit our colleagues in Afghanistan. Yes. So one of the things I did was to go visit Women for Women's Training Center in Kabul. And it looks a little daunting from the outside. You know, there are these high steel gates for security and there's graffiti on the walls outside. So I didn't quite know what to expect when I would enter. But you know, Nisha, the minute I walked in, it was totally different. There's an apple tree in the courtyard and there are rose bushes. And what struck me and immediately sort of calmed my heart was this sound of laughter and women chatting with each other. And they were just smiling and they rushed up to hug me. Oh, that's, that's so great to hear. Yes, it was buzzing with around, there must be like about 100 women there. And of course, you know, Nisha, that our training centers where our participants go to learn business skills, among other things, is a place where they can also connect with each other. And the day that I was there, they were holding an exhibition of their work. So there were these beautiful, colorful, handmade clothes and jewelry and food on display. And the women from the neighboring communities, they had come to our center to buy these products that were made by our participants. I know that these spaces are particularly special for a couple reasons. I mean, they're meaningful to the Afghan men and women who are part of our organization, who are adapting the program so that they can continue to safely deliver it to women. But it's also meaningful to the women who participate because they need this safe space just to have somewhere that they can be themselves. Exactly. But, you know, it also takes courage to join our program. These women, they might need to persuade their families so that they can come to the program and work. And sometimes, you know, they also said that their authorities have questioned them about, you know, what they've learned. They are keeping a close eye on our colleagues. So it's challenging. But you know, all the women that I spoke to, they say it makes so much of a difference in their lives to have this safe space to just be, like you said. So that's Mazura. And she told me that her self-confidence has just grown so much. And even her position in her family has improved where they give her the space to share her views and they actually listen to hers. And she feels like a successful woman. And, you know, she truly is one. Absolutely. And it's not just women like Mazura and like Barween inside Afghanistan who are daring to challenge the status quo, is it? I mean, I know from my own advocacy work 
that many Afghan women who are now in exile are also still working to bring about change inside the country. Yes, so I reached out to a journalist in exile, the founder of the Afghan Times. Her name is Salma Niazi. And I wanted to get Salma's take on what I'd found, that the women were standing up for their rights in so many different ways. I spoke to Salma and her husband, Saeed. He acted as a translator in our conversation. And I asked Salma how she managed to gather the stories of Afghan women when, you know, women are mostly banned from working in the media. And she told me that these women, they were working in secret, that they don't reveal their identity when they're taking the interviews. Now a small team in country and outside the country in exile, they are working with me voluntarily. We are different from other media because we are all women, uh, journalists and run this organization. And also we, are, we, we don't have much equipment and much uh, resources to continue our work. Wow. Okay. So Afghan women journalists, not allowed to do their jobs, are also working in secret to make sure the world hears what is actually going on. Yes. I mean, I can't even imagine how scary and frightening it must be. And so just how brave they are to continue to do that. And, you know, Salma and Saeed on their end, they're making sure that these stories are published and that there is a platform for these stories to get amplified. Salma said that uh, when I make a story of Afghan women and when I tell a story of Afghan women to world and find a solution for their problems and then I receive a feedback from that woman, that makes me stronger. And when I work for Afghan women and after that I hear more powerful words and that makes me more stronger. I think that's so critical, especially, you know, two years later, and we can already see that those stories are getting less and less airtime and that Afghan women are not able otherwise to tell those stories themselves. Nidhi, I wonder when you were there, what did the women you spoke to in Afghanistan tell you about the rest of the world and what it is that we should be doing to support them? Yeah, so Nisha, the the women I spoke to when I met, they feel like the international community has forgotten about them. I mean, here they are doing these brave acts of defiance and resisting these ridiculous restrictions, and they feel they're doing this by themselves. And those brave acts of defiance that I saw happening all around me, that's really what stayed with me. And women daring to learn in secret, like Parween. You know, women not afraid to speak their mind like Malika and defying the authorities in their own small but yet so significant ways. I believe that Afghan women are uh, brave. I just believe uh, to women because uh, a woman is a mother, a sister, a daughter, and a wife. If we empower a woman, it means we empower a family. If we empower a family, it means we empower a community. If we empower a community, it means we empower a nation. Because the women are the leaders. And isn't that what Women for Women International's She Dares campaign is all about? 
Yes, so she does. It's a global campaign that celebrates the strength in all of us. I mean, we all have a woman in our lives who we know has defied the system or has been brave. And that's what this campaign is about. It champions the women who dare, like those that I met in Afghanistan, women survivors of war who are daring to stand up for their rights, bringing change to their communities and rebuilding their lives, and sometimes at great risk to themselves. And this isn't only happening in Afghanistan. You know, in Ukraine, women, they face shame, but they are daring to speak out against sexual violence. In the DRC, women, they're daring to demand for their right to own land. So our campaign asks the question, when she dares, what will we do? And we have to step up and we have to let women everywhere know that we're right there with them especially in this moment of time when women's rights are under attack everywhere. And that's everyone's problem, right? When she dares, will we? Will we stand up and support them? And I have to ask now, Nidhi, what is it that makes you stronger? I'm so honored that the women that I've been fortunate enough to meet, not just in Afghanistan, but in the other places I've visited, they have put their trust in me to share their stories It's a responsibility that I have to ensure that their stories, they're told in the most authentic way. And I mean, they're the ones on the front lines dealing with unimaginable challenges. And yet they pick themselves right back up and they rebuild. And so the fact that I get to be a conduit in some small way and I can use my skills to amplify the amazing work that they're doing, that's what makes me stronger, Nisha. Well, Nidhi, thank you so much for joining me today, for amplifying these stories, and for generally being a woman who dares. Thank you, Nisha. You can find out more about the Women Who Dare by following at Women for Women on Instagram or Twitter. And if you want to support our campaign, you can share one of our hashtag SheDares stories or donate to receive a beautiful SheDares bracelet handmade by women survivors of war. And you can post a selfie in solidarity. See you next time. Written and produced by Zoe Gallagher and Harriet Wells. What Makes Us Stronger is a Fresh Air production. The artwork for this series was designed by Nuno Studios. Thank you.